Happy Sunday, happy Sunday. Can we all stand up? Happy Sunday. How's everybody doing today? It is good to be back. If you're a visitor, my name is Miles. I've been pastor of the church. been gone for a few weeks. want to say hello to all our campuses. It's good to be back and get into the world with y'all today. Missed y'all a whole lot. Missed y'all a whole lot. Let's give the Lord a big hand. Happy Sunday. Amen. And how many of y'all were there last night at Faith Night? Anybody there at Faith Night? Amen. We had a great turnout at the, after the Padre game. It was also awesome. A lot of people got saved, had some player testimonies. But I'm excited to be here today. I'm excited to be here today. So let's, let's start this new series off and get on our knees. Amen. Oh, Lord, for us old people, it's going to take a long time to get down, a long time to get up. <laughs> we, oh, yes, ma'am. <laughs> Y'all know that term, motion is lotion? The more you move, the more you lubricate your joints, okay? So if you're sitting around all day, you're going to cramp up. Motion is lotion. Motion is lotion. Lord, we just pray we get us in motion. We pray you move our hearts, move our bodies. And Lord, we just thank you. Lord, I pray you encourage us today. I I know our world has been turned upside down the last few years. And uh, there's a lot of um, uh, guessing about the end times and what's going to happen and and fear and uncertainty. We just pray you give us certainty, hope, and encouragement today through this series. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give someone a high five if you stand up. Come on now, church. Say amen if you have a Bible today. Turn to First Fess. Alonians, T-H, and then we're going to be in the book of Revelation, the first, fess, fess, fa, fa. Um, a friend of mine uh, was pregnant and lost their child late in the pregnancy, and I went to the hospital to see her, and she was telling me that the doctor was encouraging her to see the baby. She was wondering, did she want to see the baby? And the doctor said, no, you have to see the baby. And you have to bring closure to this process. And it'll help you because if you don't see the baby and see what she looks like and understand the peace of God is on her soul, that the baby's with the Lord and babies die, they go to be with the Lord. And, and that you don't have that closure, your mind will create something much worse in your head. When we talk about the end of the world, and no one knows when the end of the world is coming. However, when we look at our life changing, our culture changing over the last several years and all the stuff we just showed you, how what's wrong is right and right is wrong, and people's lives are being turned upside unless you face at least whatever we can know about the future, it'll help us to give us hope. So the next three weeks, I'm going to be talking about the end times. And today I'm going to talk about the revelation of the end. And next week, I'm going to talk about the reason for the end. Why would God even end something? Well, you have to understand what he began. And then third Sunday, we're going to talk about the rewards of the end. But my encouragement to you today is not to give you a timeline. Matter of fact, I'm going to give you some some end time warnings. And this is very important for us to understand these uh, things. Number one, don't get hung up on exact timetables. Nobody knows. Not only does nobody know when Jesus is coming, which is enough to say you don't know when it's going to happen, but even the process. There are a lot of different theories about tribulation, post-tribulation, rapture, when all that stuff happens. And it's, it's really educated guesses. And so we're not definitely going to say this is it. 
And so if you feel like you have a reason for some different order of things, don't get hung up on it. And if you say, you're wrong, I'm going to be like, I probably am. I, I, Charles Barkley once said, I'm 100% right, but I could be wrong. You know? <laughs> so what, 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 I, would, I would encourage you not to get hung up on times and think, you know, this is going to happen and then the church is going to be raptured out of tribulation, which we'll talk about a little bit here in a minute. Uh, I would encourage you to be hung up on the main thing, which is the gospel, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. So one, don't get hung up on exact timetables. Nobody knows if someone tells you they know when Jesus is coming back, they're smarter than Jesus because he said he didn't even know. Number two, don't argue over order of events. Don't argue over, I'm going to give you a series of events today, but, but I'm just giving you the series of events and it's a loosely held order, but it's really what's important is that they're going to happen at some form or fashion. Uh, number three, don't be fearful. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of hope and a sound mind. Amen. And so when, when things happen, things, okay. How many of y'all, many of y'all have learned something when God was leading you into something, a conversation or a decision and, and it was scary. And then when you came to the other side, you're like, whoa, that was awesome. Can I get amen? Yeah. Amen. Okay. Okay. Uh, hard times come to everybody. So a lot of times people think, well, I get saved, God's going to make my life easy. That's not in the Bible. And it doesn't mean you won't be persecuted. That's not in the Bible. Matter of fact, if you're going to be like Jesus, you will be persecuted. So just understand that. And our goal is not to avoid persecution. It's to glorify God. But in the end, he wins, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Number four, uh, be aware but not obsessed or distracted with signs of the times. Um, I, I get caught up in all this stuff. I'm fascinated by all the different things that are happening. Uh, but don't be obsessed with it because there have been generations before us that said, this is the end. That's the Antichrist. And there may be five more after us. Okay, so don't get, don't get obsessed with it. Learn about it, be aware of it, but don't get obsessed with it because we could be here another 4,000 years and who have a God desires. Uh, number five, stay focused on the gospel. That is the main thing, the main thing. Amen. Jesus died and rose from, uh, God became man in Jesus Christ, lived the life we should have lived, died the death we should have died in our place. Three days later, he rose from the dead. Proving he was the son of God, offering us the gift of salvation and the forgiveness of sins to everyone who believes and repents and believes in him. That, let's focus on that. That's the main thing. And then lastly, don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. Uh, whenever you feel like life is hopeless, uh, the, the quicker you can do this to everything you own. Because if you live your life trying to preserve, then, then you're going to be frustrated. But if you just say, God, it's all yours. It's all yours. Your life is going to end. The world as we know it is going to end. There will cease to be a New York, a California, a United States of America. There's going to be a new heavens and earth, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Your life will end. I was, I was last week, one of my, oh man, I'm going to cry now. The reason I was in the NFL because a coach of mine did something for me when I was in college. And I don't want to get into it because I don't have time, but he went out of his way to promote me every week my senior year. And I was in a Division three school. No one, it was like a, a junior college. And God, it was God. He passed away uh, recently. So I went back to see him uh, to do his funeral, uh, be at his funeral. And I was with one of our other coaches, and we were talking, and he's 76 years old, and he's, 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 we were driving, and, and he was like, I got a question for you. I have a gym. I've been having this gym for 49 years, and, and um, they're buying the building from, you know, I'm selling the building. Should I close it down or keep going? His wife's in the back of the car. And I said, how old are you? He said, I'm 76. I said, bro, you are three years past life expectancy. You should have died three years ago. Now, 
the reason that's important is because we think we're going to keep going, and you ain't. You're going to die. And I said, why don't you celebrate your 49 years of running that company, have a big celebration, do a reverse ribbon cutting, and go spend time with your family. And his wife is crying in the background, crying. And, he, and I, so I text him the next day. I said, bro, how, how are you feeling? He says, when you asked me how old I was, and I realized I'm not going to live forever, that did it for me. He says, we're, we're packing up right now as we speak. <laughs> but my, my point to you is, my point to you is the, the ease that you are not, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are a Christian, you are, you are not a citizen of Estados Unidos first. You are a citizen of heaven first. Now, I love the United States of America. Trust me, I travel around. The, I, I, I've been outside the country. I'm not a world traveler. But I've been to some places, but I love coming back into Estados Unidos, all right? <laughs> however, however, I belong in heaven first. And you have to keep reminding yourself, I belong in heaven. God is my Savior. Amen? Amen? So, I want to give you an overview of some, I'm going to give you seven events that I believe are going to happen. Maybe they won't all happen. Maybe not. Maybe I'm reading the Bible wrong. But, but don't get hung up on that. Seven events are going to happen that should give you hope and excitement amidst all the tr drama that's happening in the world. All the craziness. And by the way, maybe it's only me. Do y'all think there's craziness happening in the world? Can I get amen? Can I get a Raise your hand. Can, can I get amen? Okay. And all the craziness. And guess what? It's not crazy at all. It's satanically ingenious. It is satanically ingenious. Next week I'm going to talk more about all that stuff. But it is not an accident. It is not... Uh, uh, unintentional. It's not unplanned. It is exactly planned to script. But if, and so next week we're going to talk about that, why you should know what the Bible says about why God would end something. Well, he had to begin something in the first place. So I'm not going to get into that today. Let me read some scripture to you. First Thessalonians 5.11, it says, 5.1 to 11, but concerning the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. Say, I don't want to be caught off guard. Say, I don't want to be caught off guard. Very, very good. And, and, and you don't need to know all the theological uh, acrobatics about the end times. All you need to know is I love God and I'm waiting for him to come back. That, just be on, be on mission every day and you'll be fine. And then it says, for when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them. As labor pains upon a pregnant woman, they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are not walking around with your eyes shut. You walk around saying, no, I know there's a God. I know there's an afterlife. I know there's a the second coming. You are all sons of light, sons of day. We are not of the night nor darkness. We're not walking around ignorant to the, to the things of God. Therefore, let us sleep. Let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober for those who sleep at night and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. Some people get drunk in the day, but that's another story. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> that baby back there. <laughs> She's like, ah, that's my, <laughs> that's my uncle. You know what I'm <laughs> But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and as the helmet of the hope of salvation. Then it says, for God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we sleep or awake, we should live together with him. And the last sentence, therefore, comfort one another. Look to the person and say, next to you and say, be, comfort be comforted. 
each other, edify one another just as you are doing. Book of Revelation. Let me read three books from the, uh, um, words from the book of Revelation. Now, understand the book of Revelation was not designed to give you an exact timeline. It was designed to say, here's some patterns. And by the way, the patterns of the book of Revelation have happened over and over again. There's been many supposed antichrists, many antichrist governments, many antichrist economic systems. We have one now. So it's just, it's a repeatable system. And it's like God's running this movie over and over again because the devil doesn't have any new tricks. But he's warning us, warning us, warning us. But one of the things about the book of Revelation, it was written to encourage us. To say God is coming. God got you. And by the way, I just read that God has not appointed you to wrath. He is not appointing you to his wrath. But you, you will, could suffer. But it's, he's not going to force you to his eternal wrath. It doesn't mean you're not going to have any hard times in your life. Revelation 1.3. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, the book of Revelation. Blessed are those who hear it and take it to heart. What is written in it because the time is near. That's relative because this was written a couple thousand years ago. So I don't know what near means. So don't get it twisted. Oh, it's next week. Pastor Miles says next week. No, I did not. <laughs> Revelation 21.4. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Say amen. amen. There will be no more death. Say amen. amen. Mourning or crying or pain for the older things have passed away. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Revelation 21.5, he who was seated on the throne says, I am making everything new. Now understand this, there is a, everything the Bible says that God wants to do, the devil's going to counter with his version of it. The devil perverts everything God created. God creates, the devil perverts. I'm going to say it twice more. God creates, the devil perverts. God creates, the devil perverts. The devil is not original. He just takes what God does and reverses it and causes chaos in it. So ever since the beginning of time, when God told man to have dominion, which I will talk more about next week, God told man to have dominion ever since the beginning of time, man has been trying to take dominion. And so man is trying to reset the world now. Matter of fact, there's a, there's a, uh, the World Economic Forum, WEF, you need to look it up, WEF, Klaus Schwab, who is a founder and chairman, they have this program or this initiative called the Great Reset. They're going to reset the whole world. It's actually a thing. There's actually a book called the COVID, The Great Reset. And, 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 and I heard, heard him say that you will own nothing and be happy. I mean, it, it's a real thing. So there are people who really right now and forever, but especially now because there's global, there's global economic system being developed, global uh, government system, there's a global world religion being developed. Th th now ha people have the ability to actually control and manipulate the whole planet. That's happening, okay? But that's what God said he's going to do. So when God says, you can do what you want to do, but what I just read says, I'm going to do it on my terms. So just know that. We know that God is going to have the last say at the end. It's not going to be the UN. It ain't going to be the WEF. It's not going to be the Republicans or the Democrats. It's way bigger than that. It's going to be according to God. So seven things. Number one. Number one, Jesus is going to return for, for his saints in the rapture. Now, some people don't believe in the rapture. Okay, it's fine. But at some point, rapture means to snatch. <laughs> There's going to come a day when, when God, Jesus is going to come in the clouds and he's going to say, there's going to be a, a shout. And again, I don't know how that's going to happen. It's, it's supernatural in nature. But there's going to be a shout with a loud trumpet. And all the Christians are going to be gone. That's, that's what... We believe, right? And now, how is that going to happen? Scotty beam me up. Don't know. 
Chariots of fire like Elijah went up to heaven. I don't know. Jesus, right after 40 days after he rose from the dead, he walked around and then he was raptured up into heaven. They watched him. And the angel said, he's going to come back just like he saw him go up. Okay, look what it says in Revelation 3.10. Because you have kept the word of my, perse the word of my perseverance. Everyone say perseverance. You can't just get saved and say, I'm good. You got to keep on keeping on. One thing, one thing I love about sports, and you may not know this, but in the NFL, like, so last week they started training camp, and every team will have about 100, 105 guys in training camp. Half of them are going to get cut. It means they won't make the team, and every week they'll cut about 10 guys. That's just the culture. It, it, it happens every year. And even after you make the team, you still can get cut after that. And even if you have to sign a multi-million dollar contract, they still can fire you and not pay you after that. Perseverance. You got to keep on, keep on. And so when we get saved, we can't just be like, oh, I'm saved, I'm good. Because if that's your attitude, that might be evidence you never really got saved. So it says here, because you have kept my word of my perseverance, I also will keep you from the hour of testing, which is his testing, the hour which is about to come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Thessalonians 4, 16 to 17. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God. What does that sound like? I have no idea. But it's going to be awesome and you ain't going to miss it. <laughs> and they can be like, what was that? If, if, if you say that, you got left behind. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Mary? Where's Susie? The dead will rise in Christ, then, those who are, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall be with the Lord always. You believe that? Yeah. <laughs> now, here's the thing. You may say, that's crazy. I know. It's straight up crazy. Here's what's crazier. They're trying to set you up right now to meet you believe that there's aliens out there taking people. Now, is there, could there be aliens? I guess. But they want you to believe that when all these Christians go to heaven that it wasn't God. It's going to be the dudes from Mars. So you won't listen to what the Word of God says. They're setting you up. Listen to what the Bible says. That God is going to do what he did before. Elijah got taken up. Jesus got taken up. The two witnesses in the, revelation, in the, in the, in the tribulation are going to get taken up to heaven. So there's going to be a rapture in the blink of an eye. I want to be part of that. How many of y'all want to be part of that? Amen, amen, amen. Oh, great, great, great. Now, does anybody know when that's going to happen? No. I was talking to someone. I did a wedding the other day, and I was talking to someone at the wedding. They said, I think we're in the tribulation now. I said, well, okay. I don't, but that's okay. It don't matter. Just as long as I get taken when he comes. Amen. Number two. Oh, by the way, when we get taken up, we're going to get new bodies. When Jesus... When Jesus now, now, you're not going to get that body. <laughs> Girl's like, amen. Amen. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Personal theory, the new body you're going to get, and I have like no biblical evidence of this necessarily, but the body you're going to get may be so bright that you won't see all that. 
it's gonna be the glory of God that's gonna people gonna see in your life. It's not gonna be all the curves. This is the glory of man. <laughs> the, the Shekinah glory of God is, a, by the way, uh, I don't know if you knew that, but when you were conceived in your mother's womb, when the, when the sperm and the egg fertilized, there was a flash of light. They actually did this. They have a, I think it was Northwestern University. Don't quote me on that, but I think it's Northwestern. They did a, they discovered that when a, when a, when a, a egg is fertilized, there's a flash of light in the darkness. Oh my gosh. You are the light of the world for real though. Number two. So we're going to get taken up. That's the good news. Anyone say amen. amen. Rewards of the saints at the Bama Seat of Christ. Now, I'm going to talk about this more extensively in two weeks. But every Christian is going to be tested by fire. When Jesus was crucified, uh, uh, when he was on trial, Pontius Pilate, they had him stand on a little stool. It's called the Bama Seat. It's about that high. And he stood on that step. And that's where he was judged. Every single one of us are going to stand on the Bama Seat, however God figures out how his version of that. And you will be tested, not whether you get saved or not, the reward you're going to get. I'm going to end there because we're going to talk more about it in a few weeks. But that's a good thing. Because after that testing, it's not whether you go to heaven or hell. After that testing, you're going to get rewards. And I'll tell you in a few weeks what the rewards are based on and what you're going to do with those rewards. But it's something to be very excited about. And it's something that motivates you to be faithful now. Look what the Bible says in, in Revelation 22. And behold... I've come quickly and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I am the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. There's no one before me, no one after me. I am the top and the bottom and the all around. Second Corinthians 5.10, for we must all appear before him, the judgment seat of God. Yes, the judgment seat of God, Christian, so that each one of us may receive what is due for the things done in the body, whether good or bad. Oh, it's coming. Let me be clear, this is not whether you go to heaven or hell. Then there's going to be a seven-year tribulation. We're not going to talk about that right now, but the seven-year tribulation where uh, uh, there's going to be tribulation on the earth after the church is removed and the Holy Spirit is removed, all hell is going to break loose. You think it's evil now. You think it's corrupt now. It's going to be crazy corrupt. And at the same time, God is going to start to unleash his judgment on the world. Why? Like, why would God do that? I thought God was a loving God. He is so loving. But our sin killed his son. And he said, I'm going to let my son die for you. And if you ask him to forgive you of your sin, I will forgive you of your sin and I will be your dad. But if you say, God, forget you, I'm going to do my own thing. Then what has God left to do? In order to be a just and loving God, he has to be true to his word. And so he's offering you opportunity. But if you say, God, I'm your enemy. By the way, you're either God's child by choice born again, or you are his enemy. Well, if you're God's enemy, then, what's, then you, you, those are fighting words. And so, so, so when, you, when you ask Christ to be your savior, you're saying, I don't want to be your enemy. I want you to be my dad. Number three, Jesus is going to receive his bride at the marriage supper of the lamb. I did a wedding. I think I just said that. And weddings are so cool because they're so cool. I love doing weddings. And I do altar calls at weddings and funerals. I, share, well, I, I don't have people come forward, but I have, you know, uh, share the gospel. And what I was saying at the wedding was, whenever you see a wedding, 
you are watching God's metaphor of salvation. Why? Because God created a man and a woman. That's it. It's not complicated. And by the way, everything God makes, the devil wants to confuse. God created a man and woman, and he created a man and woman so that they can become one. And all throughout the Bible, God is the groom, the husband, and his people are his bride. Old Testament, he's the, he's the husband. His people, Israel, is his bride. And when Israel didn't worship God, the Bible says they went whoring after other gods. In the New Testament, Jesus is the groom. The church is the bride, and at the end, there's going to be a wedding feast. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's like if you didn't get it in the first time, if you didn't get it when Adam and Eve got married, if you didn't get it in the Old Testament, if you didn't get it in the New Testament, please get it in the book of Revelation that there is going to be a wedding feast. And look what it says in Revelation chapter 19. It says, then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, like the sound of mighty peals of thunder crying out, hallelujah. We have never heard this type of sound before. We've never seen it. By the way, sound is a vibration in the air. I have a theory, again, again, personal, I could be wrong, but I have a theory that when we go to heaven, we're going to be able to see sound. Because sound is a vibration in the air. Color is a vibration of light. I have a theory that we're going to be able to smell different colors. It's this personal. I'm, making this, I'm not making it up. Well, I kind of am making it up, but it's... <laughs> It's based on a little bit of science. <laughs> I'm 100% I'm sure I'm, I'm correct, but I could be wrong. <laughs> but it's going to be a different reality. So when it says here, a voice like many waters, what does that sound like? It's like water, but it's not. It's like the sound of mighty appeals of thunder. It's like thunder, but it's thunder, but it's not. It's like, what is it? Wow. We don't need to know. We just need to know God is good and it's going to happen. And it says, hallelujah, for the Lord our God almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come. His bride, his church, us, has, uh, has made herself ready and has granted her to clothe herself with fine linen and, and, and pure. By the way, we're, we're going to clothe ourselves are the rewards that we get. The wedding I did was at the Grand Del Mar, and the walkway from the altar, well, from the building to the altar was like 200 feet. It was all flowers. And she was walking down, and I was like, I just want you to imagine the church approaching Jesus in heaven. With, with, with trumpets and many waters and angels singing because the angels have never been ever be tempted like us. They, they've always desired to look into the stuff of what we deal with. Angels are like, are they going to trust Jesus? Are they going to make the right decision? Because they, all they know is the heaven. And they come down and they assist us. But here we are now victorious because we've persevered. And now we're going to become united to our Savior in heaven at the marriage summit of the Lamb. You're like, I don't understand all this. This is kind of wild. It is. <laughs> it's freaky, freaky wild, okay? Number four. Remember, he came for the saints in the rapture. We got our, got our rewards, got the marriage suffer. Now we're going to come back at the second coming. Look what the Bible says. Jesus returns with his saints at the second coming. The world is going to be so arrogant that the world will say, now the world curses God. If you pay attention, we have an anti-God 
global mentality. And some people just curse God. Jesus is this, and he's not this. And, 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 and now, by the way, they also curse Christians, and sometimes rightfully so, because of how we act and, and don't live the word. That's a different thing than cursing God. What I'm talking about, cursing God. But at some point, the world's gonna say, no, we are God. We, we can control life. And we're gonna talk about this next week. We can control thought. We can determine who dies and who lives. That's what you see. And there's gonna be a, a war at Armageddon, means mountain of Megiddo, where many wars in the Bible have taken place. And God's gonna come back and say, okay, it's on, let's go. Y'all wanna fight? Let's go. And we come in with him. Look what it says. In Revelation 19, 11, now I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. Everyone say white horse. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes wars. His eyes were like the flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. His name was called the word of God. This is Jesus, by the way. Everyone say Jesus. Jesus on the white horse. And the armies in heaven clothed with fine linen, white, clean, followed him on white horses. That's us. And now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with, he should strike the nations and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress on the fierceness of the wrath of the Almighty. And he has on his robe and on his thigh written, King of Kings, Lord of Wars. Let me tell I'm going to say something to you and I'm please take this to the bank. If there's one thing you remember out of today, do not worry so much about who's in the White House as much who is on the white horse. And by the way, our White House is just one country out of 100 and whatever, how many countries there are. There's so many forces globally that are so much bigger than the United States. So it's not even about our, our country. We get so centric that we're the center of the world. There's so many other things going on. But really, when, the, when Jesus comes on the white horse, it's done. Ain't nobody going to be like, what's up? I mean, they ain't going to do that for long. The Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. That means every knee and every, every tongue. There are organizations and people who curse God. Just wait. Just know this. He's coming back. And he's going to set things straight. Number five, he rules with his saints in the millennial kingdom. Revelation 20, verse 14, you are going to rule with Christ. And it's, I saw thrones and they sat on them and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who were beheaded for the witness to Christ and for the word of God, who had worshiped, not worshiped the beast or the image and had not received the mark on their foreheads. And by the way, uh, notice that the beast is going to try to put a mark on your forehead. Why? Because God puts a mark on his forehead of his people. Copycat. And by the way, there's a chip now that they're putting, and the, the, the guy who designed the chip to go under your skin for identification and commerce, the guy who designed it, he said, what we figured out was the two best places for it to go was on your forehead and on your hand. That, that's the science of how our body works. I don't know how to get all that, but that's, that's what he said. But that's what he says. And it says, and they lived and reigned, reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Jesus is going to come down and reign for a thousand years, then the devil's going to be let loose again. I don't know why that would happen. But I just trust God. And how it's going to happen, I don't know. But that's going to be an awesome thing. Number six, Jesus gets retribution for 
his saints on the white throne judgment. Um, and I say retribution, all the people who have said no to God. And let me, let me preface this statement by this. We, like God, don't want anybody to miss out on what God has. We, like God, want all to be saved. And we, like God, need to live in a way that communicates that to people. Amen? However, when it gets to this point, it's too late. This is the judgment seat. It's not like, oh, oh my bad. Oh, I, I, I was only kidding. It, it, it. <laughs> There's a heaven and hell. I was talking to somebody the other day about heaven and hell. And, and they said, I don't know if I believe in hell. I said, okay, have you ever been hung over? Like, I've never thrown up from alcohol. I wasn't a big alcohol drink. I was a weed and cocaine person. So, you know, not that that was any better, but. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> but I've never, like, thrown up from alcohol. But, but I've seen, I, I, was at, I was an RA at a, at a school one, at my a college in, in the dorm. And, I, and they said, I was an RA. Miles, you got to come help this guy. And he had, he had puked in his sleep and it's like just right here. And I was like, bro, he's just got to die. I'm sorry. I, I'm not touching that. <laughs> Health sickness. When you are sick, you are away from health. When you are heartbroken, we've all been heartbroken from a boyfriend, a girlfriend. When you're heartbroken, that's away from peace and love. It's just a, it's just a taste of what it means to be separated from the love and blessings of God. That's hell. So if you go any place where there is no resemblance of anything good about God, that's hell. And so we get taste of that when we do stuff and things happen to us or we do things that shouldn't happen or we get hurt. We don't want that to happen to anybody. Look what it says, Revelation. I saw a great white throne and on him who sat from whose face the earth and heavens fled. There ain't nobody talking trash, they're running now. And there was found no place for them because you can't hide from God. I saw the dead, the small, the great, standing before God and books were open and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things that were written in the books, everything you've said. Now, um, AI, again, we'll talk more about this next week, AI, I've heard testimony from several people who've been involved in inventing AI that they are scared to death about what it's going to do. And I, I'm not going to get into all those things, but one of the things now they're saying that AI can do is read your mind. They can detect your thoughts. Now I want you to imagine you go to a store and you buy something, and again, I'm just hypotheticalizing, and, and, they, and you walk into the store and they know your thoughts. Obviously, you know about the social score people are going to get where they're going to score you based on your wokeness, those are my words, based on your perspective of culture, and based on that score, they will determine whether they give you money or not. That, that stuff is a very real thing. I've had friends lose their money because of their views in the United States. So it's already a little bit happening. Well, if AI can do that, and we're just starting with AI, what it's going to become, who knows? God says, oh, I've been doing that for a long time. I got all, I got all your stuff. And here's the great thing about God. He said, listen, if, if I sat down with God, God would say, hey, Miles, let me, let me, let's go back to when you were born. I'm going to show you all your sin. And he's going to remind me of stuff that, man, 
Remember that time your mother said this and you said this, but you really meant this when you were seven and a half? You want to go back to two? You want to go back to 11? I, I got it all. But because you asked Jesus to be your Savior, I'm going to hit delete on everything. That's the opportunity. That's the opportunity. We're going to give you in a minute here. Let me land this plane real quick. Number seven, restore a new heaven and a new earth. Revelation 21, verse 1 to 4. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride at dawn for a husband and heard a loud voice from heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God and God will wipe away every tear from the eyes. There shall be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. There shall be no more pain. The former things have passed away. Can I get an amen? amen. Let me keep reading Revelation chapter 22, verse one to five. He showed me a pure river of water of life clear as crystal proceeding from the throne of God of the Lamb. And in the middle of the street on either side of the river, in the middle of the street on the either side of the river, how is that? Work with me. It says, was a tree of life which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for healing of the nations and there was no more curse. The throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it. His servants shall serve. They shall see his face and his name that shall be on their foreheads. What's up? Foreheads. There shall be no more night, no lamp, no light for the sun, for the Lord God gives them light and they shall reign forever. Now here's the thing. When Jesus rose from the dead, he had a body like ours, but it was different. He was able to eat. They touched him, but he was able to walk through the wall. What's that? Supernatural. That's your eternal body. When we sin, we got a, a temporal body. Couldn't go through stuff because it was sin. God said, I'm going to give you your originally intended body. The new heaven and new earth is going to be like this earth, but different. If you go to the beach in San Diego, you can see about two inches below the surface. It's not really that clear, depending on where you're at. You go to Hawaii, you can see uh, 10 feet. Go to the Caribbean, you can see 40, 50 feet. It's turquoise. It's like this, but different. God says, I'm going to take it to a whole nother level. Now, for some of you may think like this is all wildness, like it's like fantasy. It's fantasy because you've come to think this is reality. This is, this is our reality now, but there's so much more happening right in front of you that we can't see. There's demons and angels around us all the time. The atomic level activity in your body you are not a physical person. You are electrical fields with billions of little atoms with space in between. <laughs> it would blow your mind if you realize that you are mostly dirt and water. That's it. But God brewed, blew the breath of life on you. So in a minute, I'm going to pray. We're running out of time. In a minute, I'm going to pray. I, I, I don't want any of y'all to not enjoy all that. The wrath of God is very real, but the love of God is even more incredible. So I'm going to ask all you to bow your heads and close your eyes. All the campuses, Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for your goodness. Dear God, we should not be distracted with the things of the world because they're passing away. 
but we should be preoccupied with your love for us that never ends. So I pray for everybody listening right now. There's some of you listening right now, you're like, I don't want to be left out of that. I want to learn more about that. I, I, want, to be, I, want, to, I want to be raptured. I want to be part of the millennial kingdom. I want, to, I want to come back on the second coming. I want to be part of the new heavens and the new earth. I don't understand it, but I want to be part of it. Because I believe that God is real and is way more to life than what we see here today. If you would like to ask Christ to be your Savior, just pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, don't forget me. I surrender my life to you, Jesus. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Include me in your plans. Please, God. I want to be saved from all the evil that's coming. And that is, I surrender my life to you. If you prayed that prayer on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to stand up. And as standing, you are declaring, yes, Lord, me. So if you prayed that prayer on the count of three, just stand to your feet. One, two, three. Stand to your feet. God bless you. 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 Here's what I want to do. If you are standing, if you are standing, I'm going to ask you to come down to the altar. If you're in a balcony, just turn around and walk up and the ushers will bring you down and we want to have our prayer team come pray for you. So let's give them a hand. Come out of your altar, out of your seat. Come on down to the altar. Let's give them a hand, church. Come on. God bless you, man. God bless you. Just face me. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, church. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, church. Let's give it a big hand. Come on. God bless you. 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 Come on. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, let's give it a big hand. Come on, come on. Pastor, Pastor Travis is going to give you a next step, but understand this, this is a relationship. Remember we talked about the, the marriage supper. It's a relationship. We are the bride, he is the groom. Um, for all of y'all, after all of what you heard, go listen to the message again. Don't caught up, go, go get so caught up in all the dates and all that kind of stuff. Um, but understand the things that we think are going to happen. But the number one thing to focus on, you got to be ready. Because there are people who are going to do what I just did, preach and get left behind. God will say, yeah, you preached that church all the time, but I never knew you. It was all about you. If that's going to happen to people like me, how much more is going to happen to people like you who come to church every once every month? Don't give, don't serve, don't tithe. So you just gotta be ready. God, me and you good, me, every day, me and you good. My wife and I have been married, we've been together 43 years and, and we always look at each other and go, we good? We good, okay. <laughs> Lord, I just pray for all these people. I pray you bless them, I pray you encourage them. And I pray, Lord, that uh, you stir our hearts to be faithful. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen.